Well, welcome to the Huntback Country Podcast. This is episode number 376, and our guest is one of you, a listener who is from Wisconsin. His name is Ryan, and he went on a early rifle mule deer hunt in Colorado this past fall. Ryan had joined us back in episode 359, which was published a few months ago, and we talked about his planning and preparation before this hunt, and then dove into the questions that he had about this hunting experience. Now, today, we're telling the after the hunt story. So how did this hunt go for Ryan? What did he learn? We answer those questions and much more. The short version sneak peek is Ryan and his buddies went three for three and killed three mule deer. It's a cool story and some great takeaways from Ryan and his experience that I know you'll enjoy. Before we dive into that conversation, just wanted to thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast, tuning in regularly, and if you can, submit a review or rating in whatever podcast app that you use that would help us tremendously. If you have any questions for us, send an email to podcast at exomountgear.com or look for the link in the show description that says leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you, understand what your questions are, and answer those on a future Q&A episode. Right now, though, let's dive into this conversation with Ryan. Well, Ryan, welcome back from uh, Colorado. Welcome back on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. This is, we're recording this, I'm not sure exactly when it's going to be released, but it's uh, late October, pushing November, and this hunt was September, right? Yep. Yeah. So you've had a time, had some time to get back and process. And I know you've been busy with work, but let's go back in time. What between when we recorded last and the start of your trip, was there anything in that time frame, you know, preseason wise that you changed that was different than what we talked about that you were excited or concerned with going into the trip? I guess what, what I'm saying is like, let's still stay in pre-trip mode for just a minute. And is there anything notable there? Um, not a whole lot. Um, I made the decision on bullets. I, I went with the Hornady Whitetail round just because the gun was so much more accurate a distance with, with that round than the, than the barns that I just had to go with the accuracy. And that's an inner bond um, bullet. Yeah. Or interlock. Yeah. Interlock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were joking that it was actually the, the Hornady mule deer round. Cause uh, I think Paul used it too. So oh, there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, otherwise, no, it was, I don't know, just tweaking a few things here and there with, to to go with the weather. And, uh, you know, when, once we had a more accurate forecast and that was about it. Was there anything in the forecast, at least leading up to the trip, that you know looked like any storm systems or anything that gave you concern or made any last minute changes in gear? Yeah, there was a little bit. Um, well, it was it was cool at night a few nights, and um, so I I made the call to go with the puffy pants instead of um, like merino merino underlayers, and um, yeah, just a little bit of that sort of stuff. And then they're talking rain. Uh, mm-hmm. like midweek and that came to fruition so yeah we'll get into that oh it's always exciting man like headed into you know a first right like yeah um totally new hunt 
were you uh i guess just jacked all three of you guys i'm sure yeah yeah um we we really hadn't had a, a ton of time leading up to uh up to the trip to get together and talk about things so it was just a few text messages and then threw our stuff together once we got together and jumped in the truck and that's when we really started nailing down plans and what our game plans were where we wanted to go in what spots we had e-scouted and all that sort of thing um and somehow we kind of ended up on the in the same general area and then our our uh, b plan c plan d plans were a little different but our a plan was was pretty close so you guys all hopped in the truck and headed out there without fully finalizing at least for each of you like what areas you had e-scouted and what your a plan was individually right yeah we had 18 hours to talk about it so (laughs) fair point (laughs) yeah so you guys all drove together yeah yeah we rode one vehicle but you weren't necessarily set on then like hunting together like same drainage or was there any talk of like oh my plan's like over here you guys drop me off like i'm gonna go up this drainage you guys go here type thing or no we were we were gonna figure i mean we had you know sent a few messages and and we knew we were close but it was okay. just a matter of figuring out, you know, which trailhead should we go in from, which, you know, that sort of thing was, was kind of, you know, and what, what should we do once we get up there and what do we, find, you know, all that sort of stuff. We just, we hadn't hashed it all out completely. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. So we, I, you and I haven't talked since the hunt. You sent me an email with some of the story, some of the notes. So I'll, I can reference some things that I do know, but would obviously love to hear. Uh, obviously more depth here and share it with the listeners. But one thing you mentioned is you guys settled the official game plan on the drive out, but then basically that game plan was like botched off the get go. So what went wrong? Um, well, I don't know. We thought there was a saddle that we could climb and uh, we just thought we'd only have to bushwhack a mile or two. And, and that maybe would have been the case, but that mile or two was a very, very hard mile or two. And, um, yeah, the saddle we thought was a saddle ended up being a waterfall. And uh, yeah, we looked at it and we said, well, we need to start the plan B already. And yeah. that, was, that was before the hunt even started. Dang. Was plan B a big departure? Like, I guess how much time or energy effort was kind of wasted by plan A not working out? I think we blew like three hours or so. Um, yeah, and then dealing with you know just already starting you know throw throw 60 pounds in your pack and start walking and then turn around and come back was a little deflating um and then uh yeah then the elevation uh stuff had already started (laughs) (laughs) yeah it sounds like over the course of maybe the first couple days like some of you guys were feeling effects on and off a little bit worse than others at times like walk us through that we were we were hurting from that um and then walking out like i would get these these super intense like flash headaches and they'd last for like 15 seconds and then they were gone but it was just like somebody you know smacked me in the back of the head or something it was just you know like stop me and um and then we jumped in the truck headed for another trailhead and just like that doug's like man just so you know i don't feel right (laughs) And we went, made it another two minutes and he jumped out of the truck and puked. And it was like, oh man, you know, this is happening. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's not, 
you know, just a little something. It's definitely something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know, you know, Paul was just feeling burnt up and I, I was, I was whooped, but you know, it was, it was just that, that flash headache would, you know, it'd be every 10 minutes or so. All of a sudden, wham, it was just, it hit me and I was like, what in the world is going on? And of course I'd, I'd never dealt with it before. Um, so I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, so yeah, we made it to the first trailhead and we're like, well, we'll just, let's make it a mile. You know, that's, that's our goal. We're, we're, we're going to miss the morning hunt. You know, that's just how it's going to be. We're going to make it as far as we make it. And that's it. Is this before the opener? Yeah. yeah. So is the next morning the opener? Yeah. The next morning was opener. Okay. So you're going in the day before the opener already to plan B. Yeah. Already feeling a little beat up, a little sick. Yeah. You're going to get in the backcountry a little bit, but not up to where you need to be to like glass and hunt opening morning. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So yeah, we've made it, I don't know, mile and a half or, or something like that. And, and they called the plug or pulled the plug and that was where we were going to sit. And, uh, we got water and set up camp eight and everybody just crashed and that was it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a little worrisome, you know, we had to have the come to Jesus moment and say, you know, if this is serious, you got to say something you can't, you know, you got to swallow your pride and if something's serious, it's serious. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, I don't know if, if it was unexpected, but it wasn't, it wasn't, um, exactly <laughs> yeah. up to, up to plan. So, yeah, I mean, between changing spots and physically just not feeling great, like, yeah, that's yeah. Not the most wonderful start to your hunt. No. And if, if we wouldn't have wasted, you know, say this, we wasted four miles, of walking, you know, of exertion and energy and walking just for nothing. And then, you know, we would have been close to our spot, you know, but. So let me ask you this, like looking back to that plan, a spot that was essentially not navigable, what you thought was a saddle end up being a waterfall. Yeah. If you look back, like having seen that on the ground, if you look back at maps now, do you feel like you can pick that out better and in the future go, Oh no, I don't think that's going to work. Right. Like based on the way it looks on maps, do you feel like you have a better feel for it? That country really, I don't know. It was, it was not, we all said the same thing. It was, it was what we saw on the map and what it was when we got there were two different things. Um, it was, it was really strange. Like to get into the, into the high country was just way more steep than than what I expected. I thought it would be, you know, steep, but you get in there and then there's there's more steep once you get in there. Well, no, once you get in there, it's not so bad, but just the, the fact of getting in there was the hard part. So how are you guys feeling waking up the next morning? Um, sore a uh, little bit, but uh, <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> um, we we're feeling a little better. Um, I'd still get those headaches, but otherwise I didn't have any of the nausea or anything. And I think we were just, we were, st- you know, pretty, pretty well, um, just drained. Yeah. Um, but we were in better spirits and we were walking in and it was pretty and, and, uh, and good temp, you know, it was nice and cool in the morning. And we, uh, 
walked up on some moose, which, you know, was pretty cool. And, and, uh, yeah. And then we're, you know, still hadn't jumped much for deer, hadn't seen any deer, hadn't seen, you know, and we're like, man, what is, what are we get? what did we get ourselves into? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a kind of a nasty switchback that we had to climb and we climbed that and it finally looked more like deer country, but we hadn't seen anything yet. And, and we're like, I don't know, we got to figure something out. And, um, just then we, we just got up to the top and we see two guys, two other hunters and we're like, okay, they're walking our way. We waited to talk to them a little bit and they're like, oh yeah, there's deer all over the place, you know? So then we got pretty excited. Um, they were elk hunting and, uh, and they were pretty, pretty friendly and, and, uh, had some good information. So then, then we started to feel a little better that at least we were in a, a halfway decent spot. Mm-hmm. When you're going into this area, cause you're already on plant B, is this like a generic, Hey, let's get back into this basin. Or is it more specific of we've scoped this out? Like at least from our East scouting, obviously we can adapt, but we think we have specific camp spots or glassing spots or water sources like how specific was your plan going into this area this was um we thought of the the plan b we thought it would be a little trickier getting in um but it, we thought once we got in it would be it would be pretty decent um we had just picked out you know some open area you know kind of the, the spotty timber stuff where you know there was basins and meadows and stuff but not not thick cover and not wide open. Um, mm-hmm. We were just, we were really trying to, trying to thread the needle between being where we thought everybody else would be and being where, you know, nobody else would be. So at what point were you able to hunt that evening then? Yes. So yeah, once we talked to those guys, um, they're like, oh yeah, you know, as long as you're not too picky, you, you'll, you'll be able to get a buck. And um, they had been up there since Labor Day, I believe. Um, so yeah, we were feeling good. We found good water spring right away. We filled our water and, uh, made our way up and, uh, figured out where we were going to camp, set up camp and started to come up with game plans. We were all still feeling it, uh, you know, legs pretty well cooked and, and I'd still get those flash headaches and, and, uh, Doug was still coming around and Paul had a little bit of gut ache and, and stuff like that, but we were slowly improving. It sounds like opening day then was pretty much get in there, get settled, set up camp. Did you actually glass any deer that evening or anything? I saw three, three bucks. Um, I just caught a flash of them and uh, I thought they had dipped out. And I thought I actually thought one of the other, I forget who went where, but I thought one of them would see them and they didn't. And I, you know, there's more folds in the country than what we thought. Uh, so they, that's how they never saw them. Um, actually they ended up going to the basin that spoiler alert, we shot a deer out of, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think I was the only one that saw deer the first night. Doug might've seen one. And I think Paul saw three bears the first night. Well, that's good. You're seeing game. Yep. What strategy from here? So like you get, you're there, you set up camp. Are you guys planning on sticking pretty tight together, going separate ways, having different glassing points? How do you break this hunt down? Um, we kind of were just going to spread out, see what we see. We'd come back for, you know, after the morning hunt, which, you know, we thought we'd be glassing till, you know, 10, 11 
you know, possibly noon, you know, in the mornings, you know, and putting plays on them. And it really didn't turn out that way. We, you had our maybe two in the morning. Um, and that was it. And then the deer were in the cover or bedded and, and that was it. I mean, you weren't, you weren't picking them out. Um, it was, I think it was a, a, a good feed year for them this year. So there was a lot more feed um from the sounds of it that they were kind of spread out and uh hard to <laughs> hard to pinpoint them we kind of had the hub and then we were going to spread out from there and and do what we had to and and figure something out so and you kind of come back midday regroup see what you saw all that type of thing yeah well i know to to kind of skip to it Obviously, Saturday, we just talked about you guys kind of get in. It's opening day, but you mostly set up camp, see a little little bit of action Sunday, but then Monday, a, a tag's filled. Walk us into the story. Yeah. Sunday morning, Paul was sick. He didn't feel good. We hunted. I glassed some deer um, way off, and, and Doug had hit another drainage and, uh, you know, started coming up with a plan. So the... Uh, Monday morning, I said, I'm going to go to the same spot and see if the, the deer I'm seeing way off are doing the same thing. And <clears throat> Doug wanted to check his same drainage. Paul said, well, I, I missed yesterday. I don't know where to go. I said, well, I think this there must be another fold where I saw the three bucks the first day go. I said, go see if you can find a spot that you can glass. We'll be sitting pretty close to each other, but at least you can see what I can't, you know. And uh, so Paul and Doug started walking together. Well, Doug couldn't get to his spot. There was other hunters there. He said, well, I'll just go with you, Paul. And, uh, and they ended up sitting, yeah, I mean, 400, 500 yards from me. And, uh, yeah, I never heard the shot, but they were glassing and right down below them, uh, 260 yards away, buck stands up and a couple of hunters come walking by. He catches her wind and he just ducked right back down into the willows or whatever the, buck rushes there and uh they kind of back out and uh i should say paul and doug back out and skirt around and they pop over this this little ridge and there he is he's back up on his feet just where he was bedded all morning you can just see a little you know a little hole in the in the brush that he was he's feeding all morning and doug pops over and give him a range and down he went nice what you mentioned the other hunters coming by were you Feel like you're seeing much hunting pressure in this country there was a, a fair amount of uh elk hunting pressure and then we ended up running into a few more of the deer hunters and and everybody we ran into was actually super super uh nice easy to get along with um <coughs> actually uh one guy that i had corresponded with on rock slide we ran into him so that was kind of cool um yeah we, we got got lucky there i guess yeah, that is cool. So with the uh, first tag down, did you kind of rally the troops, get the whole group of you guys together to kind of get down and help break it break it down and pack it out? Yeah, well, they were already together, and I never heard the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made it back to camp, and right at camp, we could get cell service. So I was checking my cell phone and the inReach, and I, all of a sudden I got an a inReach message from, from Doug saying, buck down. Holy man. So I dropped every, threw everything out of my my bag and uh 
and uh, just finished my lunch quick and hurried down there. And they had them uh, halfway uh, quartered up, and and uh, it's, I threw all the gear in, I think, in my bag, and maybe one quarter, and they, they called out the meat and the head, and back to camp we went. So then we had to figure out what exactly we were going to do because um, we were seeing all the deer you know, to the south and, and to the west and nothing to the north. Well, you know, we were wasting energy that way, but the truck was back to the north. Um, so Doug, uh, he boned out all his meat. He headed back to the truck, and the plan was for him to drive around to a different trailhead because we'll be uh, closer that way. Me and Paul packed up camp, and we headed headed a little bit further west and south. Oh, okay. So he's taking his deer back by himself you guys are moving kind of southwest and then he's going to loop around with the rig and have a different access point to either get back yep. into you guys or for you guys to get out to right yep because we're every, every day we're headed that way anyway and that's right. where that's where the deer were so perfect yeah i mean that's that's great that he can get the meat out of the field and then also make it more convenient and a way for you guys to keep hunting yeah and then we didn't have to worry about that one nasty switchback anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> so when you guys say you're moving, you're kind of, you keep moving south and moving west and you're getting away from that initial camp that hub you had. Um, I'm assuming you're just popping stakes and saying, all right, we need to find a completely new spot to, to make a new hub essentially. Yeah, from. it was, it, I mean, we were walking by so much and, and then backtracking. It was like, well, let's get closer to these, you know, where I was seeing these deer, you know, a mile and a half or two miles off. Let's just get closer. Um, and, uh, just to save ourselves some energy and, and we'll be closer to another trailhead. You know, it just, it seemed to make the most sense. How much time did you lose moving camp? Like, did, was that pretty quick and then you could get more hunting in or how did that go down? We, we, uh, well, that was that was uh, Monday midday, and by the time we moved camp and set up and everything, we only had uh, about an hour left of, of daylight. Um, and and Paul said later on, he said, truthfully, he said, I almost didn't hunt Monday night. He said, you you talked me into it. You know, I said, well, let, we don't have to go far because we were pretty well <clears throat> beat from packing Doug's Doug's buck back to our other camp and and everything, and still not a hundred percent, but pretty close. You know um so he's like i don't know if i want to go but talked him into it and he ended up shooting his buck that night so you just got done taking care of another buck that obviously your buddies had it <laughs> out with you move camp and then now here close to dark you get another buck down yep and it was like oh <laughs> <laughs> we were happy but it, we were pretty well cooked um, Yeah, and that was the night actually that we met uh the one guy from from rockslide they were packing on an another buck so with this buck and it being closer to dark, did you kind of drop him? Did you have to do any tracking? Was it kind of... No, he dropped right on the spot, luckily. Yeah, good. Actually, not very far off the trail, so that was... It was nice. Um, we... <clears throat> because we didn't go very far from camp and, and we didn't go for very long, we had pretty empty packs, so between the two of us, we actually we carried a couple game bags in our hands and, and everything, and, and we got them out, but yeah, we were pretty well tired. Yeah. I bet. What time did you get back to camp that night? Do you remember? Uh, that night, I don't know. It was probably an hour after dark. 
Oh, okay. So not too bad. No, we weren't we weren't sitting very long and all of a sudden I heard the shots and, and we weren't very far from each other. So yeah, I didn't even sit till dark then I I had to hurry over and see what happened. Right. <laughs> for sure. Dang. Yeah, it, by the time we got him got him uh, skinned and quartered and everything it was, you know, a half hour after dark and and the walk wasn't very far, so. So now another buck down. You still have your tag. You're the one with the tag left. Yep. Were you guys comfortable kind of keeping the second buck, you know, just kind of hung? Was there any talks of taking him out? That the logistics of that, what was that like? Um the next day, well, Doug was coming back in the next day and uh and he finally made it up and he was looking around and he said, The talk of the town is that the Wisconsin boys are got game bags laid everywhere and, and everything. <laughs> so he knew about it before we even told him we were going to keep oh, it a secret. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. So, yeah, Doug ended up coming back in, and then uh, uh, Paul kind of cleaned his meat up, and it was cool enough he waited till the next day to, to just run a pack of uh, meat back to the truck. So you guys are making a reputation up there on the mountain, sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many days... I mean, you're not that far into the hunt, right? But you're four or five days in from at least getting there to the tags filled. You're the one left. How much more time did you have to hunt? Well, the weather forecast was definitely on my mind. And uh, me and Paul had planned that no matter what, we were leaving Saturday morning. Um, so, yeah, we had a few days left, but we knew one day might be sketchy with weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was definitely starting to weigh on me. Um, you know, I knew that I was the one that <laughs> was holding them back now. Um, yeah, so it was, it was, uh, it was mentally harder than what I anticipated. I'd never, I've never had it before where it was like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I should just call it, pull the pl- plug or whatever, you know, um, because we were definitely seeing, the deer were moving out of that country uh, pretty rapidly. You know, I don't think they were moving far, but they were definitely moving down. We were seeing less deer every day. And luckily the the deer we were seeing were bucks, but. Yeah. So it's kind of that, you know, it happens in, in many different contexts with some hunts, especially rifle hunts, but between pressure and disturbance and gunshots, yep. like striking early in the hunt is often a good thing and you're you're beginning to feel like the hunt itself is changing game or moving weather's coming so even though you had days to hunt you're yeah. kind of feeling a little bit of pressure my lovely wife god bless her was on my case that i better not come home empty-handed and <laughs> i was really starting to look at some of the small bucks and think they were you know looking pretty tasty uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was I was ready to start dropping my standards. If if an easy one came along, I might have I might have dumped them. Yeah, did it come to that? Did you get an opportunity? You, I don't want to say wrestled with, but you considered or. <laughs> well, the night I shot my buck, there was one. Uh, let's see. Well, that was Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday morning, me and Paul went and hunted, and we saw uh, a really tall two or three point. You know. And we just couldn't catch up to him. Uh, I don't know if he winded us or spooked us or if he was just moving. You know, like I say, in the morning, you did not have that much time to get on them and they were gone. So I don't know if he was just covering country 
Um, and that was right in the same spot that Paul had shot his buck the night before. Um, so then we went back to camp that Tuesday mornings when Doug showed back up, Paul packed his stuff out. Um, so yeah, then Wednesday morning, Paul was gone and me and Doug went to the same spot. Um, it was, it was definitely much breezier and you could tell that the weather was changing. Wednesday was the day the weather was, you know, threatening to change. Um, luckily all day was, was just overcast, but, but, uh, held off on the rain for the most part. Um, and then by evening it was, it was pretty sunny for a while. Um, so yeah, I, I had told them that they had to make the call on where, where I go. I, cause I wasn't making very good decisions for myself. I, was, <laughs> I told, I like, told you guys Paul have killed to, deer. You should, you're, you're yeah, the good one. So I, I told Paul where to go and then Doug ended up shooting that one there. And I had told Paul where to go the night before and he shot his the night before I said, well, you guys got to return the favor. Tell me where to go. Yeah, so we were so, all together. So you're on a guided and, hunt now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of okay. nice. Um, <laughs> they didn't carry my stuff for me, but it was nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, we went and we checked out, uh, that same drainage where Doug had, had shot his, um, just because there were, we thought we could cover more of it than, than what, uh, they had. And, as we were packing Doug's buck out, we had jumped another buck. So we thought, well, there must be more around. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> Paul sat with me and Doug sat, I don't know, 200 yards away. Um, just so he could glass a couple of the other folds that we couldn't. And we weren't there very long and a uh, tiny little fork jumped out at 300 yards and I had to turn away and, so I wouldn't look at him because the longer I looked at him, the longer I'd want to shoot him. <laughs> so Paul talked me out of him and he would just glass him. I said, you watch him over there and, and I won't even look at him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then he disappeared and we started making up memes like uh rose from the Titanic saying, come back, come back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So uh, then I started complaining. Me and Paul have this running joke where uh, I usually don't kill a deer until I really start complaining to him about how bad things are. Yeah. So I, I start complaining. And he said, it only takes a minute. I said, it takes five for me. And it was about 30 seconds later, a little buck jumped out. And he was like 360 yards away and he kind of fed away from us and thought, okay, you know. And uh, we were glassing and, and just like that, I caught a a side of a, a rack and a real tall G2 is a shooter. And I jumped on the gun and started to get in a position. And I was hoping he didn't leave as fast as the little buck did. Um, he was in the same spot and luckily he was hungry. So he stood up and, and uh, there was a little window that he wasn't quite in. And that was really, really fortunate because it took me a long time to get, uh, get a good shooting platform and and everything um my bipod was too tall my pack laying down was too short and uh yeah i, I had to do a little weaseling what was that position you're shooting downhill right i was shooting downhill kind of laying prone but at a at a sideways angle and then and then there was a kind of a little cutout under my left arm so i had to move a little bit and finally got that and finally was halfway steady um i took yeah. a 
coat and, and my lid off actually and stack that on top of the pack and and then it was pretty steady so then i was just staying in the scope and waiting for him to step into about a 16 inch window at 360 yards and finally you know i'd come up and take a big breath and collect myself because it was it probably took five minutes for him to move uh luckily and finally i come back in the scope and i was settled and just like that crosshairs were on his shoulders here we go and uh we lost him um at first and just like that paul picked him up well i was shell-shocked i got a muzzle break and i did not have earplugs in yeah well concussion yeah do not do that yeah <laughs> I, I will never make that mistake again i was i was hearing that shot in my sleep for two weeks jeez yeah it was really weird um not great so yeah uh he finally he, he ran i don't know 150 yards and i was starting to settle down but i knew i didn't want to shoot without the break again and i reached over for my my plugs and put them in come back in the scope and right you know i had the scope set right where he was and he wasn't there anymore so you knew you hit him with the first shot though yeah you we could see the shot yeah um, okay we weren't sure at first and then uh yeah then when he stopped it i thought i could see where i had hit him and uh yeah so then doug came over and he said oh he, he scared the crap out of me you know and uh we told him what happened and and he didn't see the buck um so then we just waited 15 minutes and by then it was starting to get dark and i turned and looked and i could see lightning and uh doug said i wasn't going to say anything but i pulled up the weather he said we got about a 40 percent chance of wet heavy snow tonight and I thought, oh no <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah and uh we thought well let's just let's tackle this first so start sneaking up to where we last saw him and that's where he was and so when you you shot as you mentioned you lost him for a little bit you saw him again at you know 150 yards or whatever yeah go to put your ears and get back on the scope and he's gone he must have just kind of dropped right there yeah yeah it looked like he was getting a little wobbly there man that's gotta feel great like you guys go for three for three in a handful of days and you were feeling yep. the pressure but now you got your hands on your buck and it's a cool old buck with character that's awesome yep yeah it uh it changes quick that's for sure dude your buck is uh like it's super unique like it as soon as i saw it i was like it reminds me of like a sandbar deer or an axis or something like that yeah Yep. Yeah, it's really, uh, th- there's just one little fork on the one side and then a little fork on the beam on the other side and two little, two little crooked eye guards. And then yeah. big old think, tall. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The G2s are like, I, I just quick, quick hit them with a tape measure. They were like 15 and 16 inches. So old deer, real old, big. He had, I don't know, 50, 60, maybe 70 pounds on, on Paul and Doug's deer. Oh, really? Body wise total? Yeah. Yeah, and I've never seen fat on a deer like like this one had. It was it was crazy. It was it was just you know inch thick all the way around. You said you recovered them basically right at dark, or was it still before dark at this point? It was, it was right at dark. So we took we took one picture without a flash, and you couldn't see. So and you had seen lightning in the background, so you know weather's coming. Did that end up hitting before you guys were done? Oh, it hit. We got rain, <laughs> walked out in fog and rain, and, and it was about a mile, mile and a half back to, to camp, and, 
and uh yeah it was it was raining and i was trying to figure out what we were going to do and i finally decided i said i'm i'm packing something out to to camp or out to the truck tonight um so yeah we got back to camp they crawled in their tents and i tore mine down in the rain threw it in my pack and started walking and you had just part of the meat with you they were going to bring the rest out in the morning i i i was going to pack back and come back in the morning empty okay we'd pack out everything else so they were going to sleep in their tent because because paul had walked back in he was pretty well whooped it was it was the only way that we were going to make it work if we were going to leave the next day you know is that i was going to leave i i had to walk out that night so yeah that was that was an experience not that it's i mean people have done worse but it was walking in the rain and five miles you know five six miles whatever it was four or five miles out and uh in the rain and <laughs> in the wilderness yeah heavy pack solo in the dark yeah. in the rain yeah yeah yeah, I don't want to make it sound like we walked to Mordor or something, but it was like, you know, it was it was a new experience. So I was whistling and hitting my trekking poles on the ground just <laughs> because we'd seen a few bears and I figured I figured in the rain it would be pretty quiet walking otherwise. So Right. Man, you almost like aside from plan A being a bust and you know, you guys dealing with a little bit of sickness, like I I imagine like guys hearing this like man that didn't sound too bad like three dudes go in there first time and kill three deer in a matter of four or five days like pretty stinking efficient yeah we were we were uh really second guessing our our choices <laughs> going in when we, when we were feeling good it was like what did we get ourselves into and i think by the time me and paul got home we were like yeah we, we could go back so <laughs> that's great it does go to show like when you get in those moments where like whether it's something physical like being sick or a plan that doesn't work out like hey we were planning on going here and we can't make it like yep just don't get riled up over it like take some time take a breath make a new plan and if you have to like take some time to physically recover then do it and right you, there's more hunting ahead of you that was the hardest part for me is that like with the the altitude sickness was this how at what point does this become serious you know i've I've never dealt with it before you know what what should i be worried about what do i just need to you know get out of your head about but and then and then worrying about the other two too you know or for sure everybody's got families and all that you know i don't want to be the one that (laughs) said we got to keep going and (laughs) yeah grab it you know so I know some listeners are going to be super curious. You guys, all, all of you guys are from Wisconsin? Yeah. All right. So three guys from Wisconsin, now with three bucks. What what did you guys do to get all that meat home? And how well did that work for you? Oh, it worked great. Um, we had uh, a couple, we had a pile of coolers. Um, I had uh, like a little 30 uh, quart cooler, uh, 55, uh, 40. And that held pretty much everything. Um, and then we had one other that was probably like a, another 40. And that held with ice and, and everything. Um, uh, so we, we took care of that pretty well. Um, I, we, you know, we just topped it off with, with ice on the way and, and that was it. Cool. Easy. Yeah. We, we, uh, we always pa- bring in, you know, 
frozen water bottles and everything. So the coolers are already cool. Yeah. Have it pre-chilled. You're right. <clears throat> so that, that, that helps a lot. On this side of the hunt, what is any, like you feel like lessons learned, things you maybe do differently, things you look back and you're like, oh, now I know this type thing after the fact. I don't know. There's a few gear things that I don't know if what the, the answer was. You know, it was like in the sun, it was it was way too hot for anything and it just burns you up up there. So we definitely need sunscreen. Um, but then in the shade, you're cold. It was it, the most weird thing. Um you just there was no middle ground the, the sun either baked you and it felt like it was 85 or you're in the shade and it felt like 40 mm-hmm. i don't know if if you've experienced that but yeah yeah that was that was rough um yeah i would have packed less food i packed too much food in well i packed enough food for the week but i think next year or whenever like even per day you had too many calories per day you feel yeah um there was days we skipped meal you know not wise, but it was just, we weren't feeling good. You, you don't eat that much where I think if I would leave out some of the mountain house peak refuels and that sort of thing, and just bring some bars, it'd be a little easier to, to muscle one down just to get calories. Yeah. Versus like making a full meal. Right. When you're, when you're not hungry to sit and boil water and do all that sort of thing, it's like, eh. but I think if, if I just had some bars, it'd be easier to, at least get some calories Mm -hmm. yeah and it's too like with you know you're at elevation and that obviously when you're not feeling normal that can play with appetite but then the other thing is with these hunts like you're putting on some miles once you're up there but like you said you're kind of there's a good portion of the day you're just really not that physically active um, right necessarily so all that downtime you're you know it's it's different than like putting on 10 miles a day chasing elk or something right yep I wore the those cheap Wrangler outdoor outdoor pants, those uh-huh. car pants, and they were awesome all week. So yeah, I I would not be a good salesman for uh, somebody's you know hundred dollar <laughs> yeah. brand hunting pants. I think I think you can get by with with a lot less, at least in that time of year. I can see when it's colder than that, but our our water system combo that worked out really great. Um, I had the gravity system. And they, uh, one had a pump and one had the steri pen. So yeah, that worked out really good together. We could fill a bunch of <clears throat> the water bags and, and then they'd have their Nalgene's filled up. And, and that was really, really handy at camp, um, just to have all the extra water storage. Was what I know you mentioned like early on, you guys found that spring, I think near the first camp, but as you guys moved and covered country, is it pretty easy to find water up there? Yeah, there was a lot of water. Yeah. Well, that's good. Sometimes that's obviously a huge issue with right. getting into high country mule deer stuff. Was, if it's common up there or unusual, but yeah, we had you know a few places where it was where it was a little harder to get it out of, but there was water, um, a lot of vegetation in that. So, on the other side of this, like, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking of guys listening to this podcast and. Obviously, in your story, it, it all sounds very approachable of, man, it is possible to go do this type thing. On this side of the experience, what does the whole thing kind of mean to you? Oh, it was um, it was, it was, was something else. We, I don't want to make it sound like it was 
the hardest, you know, because people have obviously done way harder hunts and everything, but it was, it was mentally taxing and, um, yeah, it was, it was not easy. We, we really felt, and, and Paul said it on the way home, he said, I just, I feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, that was the word that really resonated with me. Um, it was, we set out to do something. We put a lot of miles on hard miles, you know, it's, we talked to one hunter up there. Um, he's from Colorado. He shot a nice buck, <clears throat> super friendly guy. And he said, he said, how do you train for the elevation? And you just can't, there's, there's no preparing, you know, when you live at a thousand feet or whatever, you know, it's, you can be in physically good shape and it, the elevation, then the mountain will still win. Yeah. I mean, obviously being in good shape helps for sure yeah. but yeah i think you're right there's there's just no way to like fully replicate that when you're coming from you know sea yeah. level or a thousand feet and then going to ten thousand plus yep so yeah i was in the best shape i've been in since i don't know, you know 12 years and it still kicked my butt i feel like i recovered you know quick but it was still <laughs> you know it was rough do you feel like after a, a few days, not only elevation acclimation a bit, but just kind of getting your legs under you, you were feeling much better? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say by by Monday afternoon, I was I was ready to roll. I I would started going on long walkabouts, you know, and and everything. Um, I felt I felt pretty good, even like from Wednesday morning when we started hunting till. Till Thursday when we got back to the truck after packing out, I had 27 miles in. And like the 26th mile and on sucked, but I was feeling pretty good until then. (laughs) You had 27 miles in and the 26th, that last mile was what sucked? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, Because I had walked, you know, we had 10 miles in walking and, and everything on Wednesday and then mile and a half to shoot my buck mile and a half back to camp and five miles out to the truck slept at the truck five miles back in five miles back out you know not much of that was was very light right yeah yeah up until yeah probably probably that uh mile or two from the truck was was pretty rough <laughs> so but it was pouring rain it rained uh yeah from the pretty much from the second we got done cutting my buck up it rained and poured until we got back to the truck okay so i know you were saying it did that night you packed up by yourself but that whole next day it was kind of raining yeah it was pouring we were we walked basically the whole trail was running water it was just running right down the trail so yeah we were we didn't take very many steps out of out of the water well, you guys earned it, man. That's awesome. I'm super <laughs> yeah. excited. Yeah, it was it was something. Yeah. At first, we were really wondering what we got ourselves into, but I think everybody's pretty well ready to go back. Yeah, I bet. Doug got to stay out there that extra week. He he met some other guys, and he he uh, elk hunted for another week. Did we talk about that? Was that part of the plan? I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or, or after, but yeah. Okay. I was say it sounds familiar, but I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. Did he, so he uh, was he able to tag an elk? No, they didn't. 
um, they called in a lot of other other hunters and and <laughs> yeah, chased elk, but that was about it. They were. It sounded like they weren't talking, and uh, the whole time we were up there, we never heard a, a bugle, maybe one. So, mm. did they? Did he hunt elk in that kind of that same general area? It was pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, thanks for taking the time to share the story. It's awesome, and you know, congrats to all three of you. It's super stinking cool to grab some buddies, make a plan, go do something new, and have the success you guys did. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I'm I'm glad I got to share it. Uh, you know, I was everybody else was shooting deer. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be the fool on the podcast that didn't shoot anything. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out all right. Well, that's a wrap on this episode, guys. I hope you are enjoying these listener series. Uh, It's so fun for me personally to talk to these folks and especially this unique opportunity we've had to speak to them before and after their hunts. If you're a listener and have a story to share, reach out to us. Let us know. Send an email to podcast at exomountgear.com or maybe have a question to share that you want us to answer on a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. Once again, if you can leave a rating or review in whatever podcast app you are using, that would also help us tremendously, or even just share the show with a friend. Finally, if you haven't yet hit that subscribe or follow button, please be sure to do that so that you receive all future episodes automatically. We'll talk to you soon.